0: Thanks for downloading show 120 of the C-Suite podcast, the latest to be produced in partnership with SAP. My name is Russell Goldsmith, and the topic of discussion this time is the future of e-commerce and brand communications in the utility sector. We have an international flavor to this episode as joining me online, firstly from Rattagen near Dusseldorf in Germany, from our partners for this episode at SAP is Florian Fromberg, Global Director, SAP Customer Experience Utilities. Also from Germany, about 470 10 kilometers from Florian in uh, Stuttgart is Joel Fronseca, product manager, ecosystem B2C sales at the German utilities uh, company ENBW. And then finally from Reykjavik in Iceland, uh, we're thrilled to also be joined by Dr. Friedrich Larson, CEO of Larson Energy Branding. Friedrich is also the founder of the CHARGE conference and is associate professor at the University of Iceland. Plus, he is the first individual to hold a PhD in energy branding. And so I feel we have to start uh, there, Friedrich. When and how did you become the first person to have such a qualification?
1: I graduated, or I finished the PhD, defended it in 2014. But the idea is older. When I was thinking about whether I should write a PhD at all, I thought uh, I didn't want to write it only for a small scope of academians. I wanted academics and I also wanted to have a practical implication. And I saw how the telecoms had been moving. This was 2007, 2008, and I figured it was only a question of time when the utilities, energy companies, whatever, however we talk about them, they would understand how to talk to their clients, which they used to own, and actually mentality sometimes they still own their clients, but nobody owns a client. You have to understand them to own them. So uh, I figured, okay, I'll write about that. So you know, I, I wanted to bring something relevant to the to the energy space. I'm from Reykjavik, Iceland. We are energy, so it's really relevant for us you know to have a guy like this here.
0: very good. well, looking forward to uh, hearing more about your thoughts and advice for companies in this sector of course but um Florian, I, w- I want to kick off the discussion with yourself. You were keen to bring these uh, guys together for this podcast. W- why now?
2: yeah so so these are for sure interesting times not only because of the pandemic but butlin you just mentioned it right so we saw what what happened in the telcos, and for I would say the last 10 years. This, this has already carried over to the utilities. So utilities are there and they need to change. And this is one factor. So the digitization and the kind of the change of relationship from being very meter-centric to really put the customer into the center of what you're doing. This has changed. On top of that, we have the climate change, right? So we have a shift into and the focus more on renewable energies. And um, with all of that, this is something where the utilities in total need to change and and this is something that that, that we see um, globally. So we see that that uh, the communications are changing with customers so it's less less I would say I always call it event driven. so I always think about my utility if I do get my bill right And sometimes I'm not very happy with the bill because I think it's too high because I don't value that that there's a stable supply of, of the commodities so energy or is it electricity or gas. So this all changes. So the minds need to change. And and this is something that is, that is, uh, I met Friedrich uh, some years ago and that's, that's really impressed me because this brand management and how the utilities need to change on the technology side, but as well on the, on the, on their own, how they, what's their vision, their mission on, on the brand. This is, I think, equally important and of course joao because we we have to not speak about utilities without having a utility here as well right so this is i'm I'm very glad that, that both of you joined uh, and that we can have this discussion because i really believe that from time to time experts need to come together and openly talk about what is happening and and to 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 really check and and see where are we in the industry what's the the like a like a pulse check on the industry and and yeah you know, what is the future and then what can be done so that was the intention for bringing everyone together
0: well let's bring our, our energy supplier into the discussion then at this point so joel for those listeners outside of germany who are perhaps not as familiar with ENBW, do you want to just give us a quick introduction to the company
3: so nbw is the second largest utility operating in germany we provide both commodity, being electricity, gas, and water, to customers. So currently we have around 2.6 million uh, B2C customers. And we also provide all other suits of products like immobility mobility or telecommunications. That's for the moment, we have around 25,000 employees. Our main operations is in the state of Baden-Württemberg in southwest of Germany. But we also have a couple of um, other uh, units being in uh, Sweden, in the US, in uh, Taiwan, focused on offshore and uh, some other providers being in uh, Switzerland and France.
0: I was um, looking at your your website just ahead of the recording, obviously, and it was interesting. In your company profile uh, section, the headline is Time of Transition, Time of Renewal. And then it goes on to state that you're transforming yourselves from a traditional energy company to a sustainable infrastructure partner. And I was just wondering, I mean, I think you've been established, well, over 20 years now. So how difficult is it to make that transition? In the last
3: years, there is a lot of uh, transitions going on in Germany within this uh, energy event, which is energy transaction. So basically, uh, we saw the phase out of uh, nuclear energy in 2012. And from 2012 until now, we have to restructure our brand to accomplish this uh, this move from the German government. And now we have a, a more ambitious goal, which is to become completely carbon net zero uh, carbon uh, neutral, which means that we will have to change the way that we provide energy to our customers until 2035. So basically we are trying to, as you said, change a little bit the way the customer sees us not only as only a utility, but also as a solution provider, an infrastructure provider that helps them guide them throughout this energy transaction.
0: Free, free. Just in terms of this whole area of um, green energy renewables, I mean, does does every one of your clients at Larson Energy Branding come to you with a with a similar brief? They need to show that their focus on green and renewables. I think they're
1: rather late to catch on, and, but you know, in, in understanding what it's all about, and that's understandable because the, the customers themselves don't understand what it is. They don't. They can't distinguish between. What is green, sustainable, corporate social responsibility, just regular sustainability? All these words come to a mix in the consumer's mind. So, what has been happening traditionally is that the utilities are kind of showing typical green commercials, you know, babies running in a green field or something, but people just don't understand it. So, when they come to us, we try to understand their client and how this particular company should talk, utilities should talk, because it's not the same for all. There are different like in different states in the U.S. and different places in Germany. And if you go over to Poland, you go to the Scandinavian countries. It's all different mentality. So you can't use one approach for all. But all in all, many of them are doing good things, but they are not telling about it efficiently. So I'm a marketing guy. So, I mean, I, I'm all for, you have to make a profit as a company. Of course, you have to. But if you cannot tell people of what you're doing, all the nice things that you're doing, you, you might as well not have done it. It's like if you go to a holiday, don't put it on Facebook, it never happens somehow. You have to be able to tell about it, basically. So, that's, uh, that's so they, that's it varies. But anyway, I want to pick up something that Florian said about the changing times, if I may. So, this I think he is absolutely correct. The disruption is twofold. One is in technology, and the times are changing, and the paradigm is pushing from you know utilities being monopolies and oligopolies into you know a spare where customers has the choice so and we the utilities they focus too much on only the technological side. you have to have it, you have to have understanding of the basic basic technology works to be able to serve your clients as well as possible. You have to have an SAP solution. You have to have some kind of solution that helps you. But many of them, they disregard the disruption in the consumer's mind. So we think very differently. Clients, customers think differently. So there's a, I mean, if you look 20 years back, nobody could have imagined uh, a company like Uber or like, you know, you'll go Airbnb. So, in a sharing economy, people simply think differently. And that is a huge disruption, and you just cannot ignore it. And many utilities actually are. They are going about doing business like they're used to. They're using legacy measurements that don't work anymore. But they are maybe measuring this spare of the business. I mean, they should be measuring this, if you can see my you know movements here. So, they need to adapt the way they think. And again, the biggest challenge is not how to do the marketing, but to fight the internal cultures of, of shifting mindsets. And it, Zhao, I, we know a little, I know him a little bit. And interestingly enough, people like him, you know, innovative people that have been, you know, part of, you know, they are not maybe marketing people. They understand more the need to change than maybe the marketing people themselves. Uh, not to talk down marketing people. I'm just trying to be blunt here and say that things like, you know, call it when, as I see it.
0: Your business has created a report, hasn't it? The World's Best Energy Brand Report. Have you seen any changes over the last few years in terms of the analysis that you've done there?
1: That's a really good question. Short answer is no. It hasn't changed much. With any statistical analysis, I can't say I've seen any changes. But there is a movement of understanding. There's a movement where you move from eco-centric approach to a customer-centric approach, And then what is interesting also is, for example, the American companies, you know, five years ago when we started, when we started charts, then the concept of green was almost non-existent. You would have a very uh, knit segment out there who drove a Prius and wore knitted suits, again, painting with a broad brush, you know, but you wouldn't have it mainstream. And it hasn't moved there yet, but it's moving slowly and slowly. And if I contrast Europe, for example, to the States, there's a tremendous difference in how much better the European companies are
2: in terms of communications and branding.
0: Florian, you're uh, nodding there. What, what's your thoughts on that?
2: No, I totally agree because, um, and this is no offence, but utilities, in in how I experience them, they were never been, I would say, front movers, or the, the, the fastest one, but they move constantly, and I, I just... Wanted to agree. And as I work in a global role, I have the, uh, the pleasure to, to work with European utilities as well as the U.S. and, and totally right. But we, we get approached by our customers that even in the U.S. start now to think more about renewables and green and all of that. So that, that comes up slowly. Yes. But there is a movement and. Just to agree on on Friedrich, what you said before, because I think it's it everything needs to run hand in hand, right? So we have to have the technology as an enabler, right? But we have to have really the the mindset, and that is that is something that that needs to be supported from from top management of the utilities down to to the call center agent. Everyone needs to understand where the utilities, what their vision is and their mission, where they need to go to. What is what are the values that the utilities wants to. Wants to express to the outside world, and then everyone has to to live up with that. And of course, then, then some new business models like moving beyond commodity. And Joao, you were saying that going from beyond commodity, value added services, e mobility, solar panels. I do believe that that the kind of the similar revolution we saw in telcos with the smartphones, with the electric vehicles, so that could, that could be something. Or I myself ride a pedelec, so a electric bicycle. That, that I want to charge it everywhere. So if I'm drive to the city to eat ice cream, maybe I can charge my, my bike while I'm sitting there some, somewhere, right? Or make, make, take a break. So this is something we are now thinking about. So like in tech, we were thinking more about our, our data. Cons- if we consume data, mobile data while we were traveling or going anywhere. And then on the utilities, it can be the same. While I'm charging, I need to charge my car. I need to charge other things. So electricity becomes more tangible, and it was not in the in the past. And and here I see a big opportunity for utilities to step up and and uh, yeah, fill in the role as the energy experts that they are.
0: Joël, just picking up on this discussion ar- around green energy renewables. I mean, is it is it possible to guarantee 100% green energy to those consumers who want it?
3: It is a tricky question. Um, So we can sell green energy, and we do sell green energy. However, what we sell is basically certificates that this energy is being produced from a renewable energy. Now, if the customer wants to be 100% sure that he's using only green energy, he will have to install solar panels and batteries. And this is because the way that the, the... energy system operates, is that all the energy that is being produced floats to the same thing. So in the end, you are buying renewable energy, however, you're being supplied with the whole mix of the country, which will also have all the other sources of energy
0: within it. Is that not confusing for the for the customer, though? It can be quite
3: confusing, and uh, we see a lot of challenges trying to explain to the customer a little bit what he gets when he buys the uh, renewable energy. And we also see a little bit of changes. For example, if the customer is going to buy renewable energy that is made in Germany, he will be willing to pay a little bit more price than if he's going to buy energy from outside of Germany. And we have to change a little bit the way that we market ourselves, I think uh, Friedrich put it quite well. It's not about only the way that we communicate, it's also the way that the customer perceives it, uh, which is quite complicated. And most of the people, in the end of the day, they just want to put their plug in the socket and uh, get the energy and, well, try to, in the meantime, do something good for the environment. So that's what we try to do. We try to give the possibility so that they can actively engage on the energy transaction. And, and try to make it as comfort as possible, so that they actually
1: use uh, these products.
0: Frederick, your thoughts on in this area in terms of that that messaging?
1: I think so. It raises an interesting point because consumer customers are confused. They are confused because this is tricky, and it's a tricky question. It's a good question that they asked us. So, so I mean, they are, when you talk to them about green, and they understand it in so many different ways, so if you are unable to tailor your message quite clearly. So you have to break down this green segment. And they are also very skeptical. And I've done, you know, on the academic side, I've done research on this in several different countries. And one of the main things associated with green energy is actually skepticism. Because we have, we come from times when greenwashing was commonplace. And it was commonplace that companies weren't really all that transparent in what they were doing. They were trying to you know, sell something green. They sold terribly polluting product because they planted 100,000 trees and they, they say we are green. And then the, the, you can buy a pollution quota. You know, it's a, such a complex thing. So, and this is one of the reasons why a utility of today has to be extremely transparent. They shouldn't be trying to hide anything. They should just open the books and tell how they are doing it because the only way that they are going to Win the consumer's mind is being human, being honest. And that report that you referred to earlier that we published is actually based on the world's best energy brands because we choose them. One of the categories is green brands, actually. And on states' at charts last year, I called the winners to the states and I, I didn't give them any time to prepare. I didn't tell them what question I'd be, as, I'd be asking, but I did ask. Why do you deserve to win as the world's best energy brand? So these were six people in the States in different categories. It was a little bit of a sudden question and a lot of people <laughs> watching them. But these are smart people. But all in all, the, if I'll synthesize what they said into one word or two words, being human or being human about your work. So traditionally, utilities come from a non-human approach. They come from a mechan- mechanical approach, engineering culture. So, a part of the human aspect, the social science aspect, was kind of frowned upon. It's oh, this is branding, or this is not for us. So, we, again, we come to the communica- we come to the core of the matter, which is internally how things are done internally, and they have to get used to open the books. It has to be they have to be human, and you know. COVID is blazing still hopefully we'll see the end of it in the next months. But this COVID has actually changed somewhat to the better some of the the utilities that I worked with. Because now they have to be open. There's a pandemic going on. People are dying. So, I mean, there's not a time to be kind of be strict on collecting the bills. And they've kind of, some of them have even employed health workers to give good advice. So they are actually kind of showing uh, a better side of themselves that they're used to because they are, not, they are not afraid of being judged. They are just trying to help a bigger cause. So I think this will change the way many of them think afterwards. It's okay to be normal. It's okay to, be, to do like this. in Just be human, be yourself.
0: Yeah. So are you seeing that coming through from the, the conversations that, that you're having and, and what you see obviously within your own business but, but across competitors as well?
3: Trust is the basis for all interactions that we have with our customers. So it is important that we we listen to the customers and that's something that we are doing uh, a lot at the ENPW. We are putting a lot of uh, money also on market research, getting invited to the customer to talk with them, trying to understand what they actually need. And it is something that that we are seeing also on, on other utilities. I mean, it's all about the way that the story is told to the customer, and also to engage with, actively engage with them, and trying to see what uh, actually makes them tick and fulfill those
0: needs. How else are you um, differentiating yourselves? Because I'm assuming you've, you've got quite a bit of competition for, for services like yours in Germany.
3: Yeah. So in terms of competition, we have in Germany alone around 800 utilities operating. So, if I look at my address where, where I'm right now, I have 110 different tariffs that I'm able to choose from from 30 different suppliers, which makes very complicated for for a utility to actually uh, get into the market because they will immediately go into some sort of price war because I mean you always have this thing like everyone wants to have to, to give a little bit of more incentive to the customer so trying to, to give a little bit more but in the end of the day i mean we are operating a, a business that in itself also has to be sustainable in an economical point of view i mean we cannot just uh, give the, the the energy for free to the customer uh, so what what we uh, try to do is trying to to provide more value to to the customer who is willing to, to pay more and trying to be as transparent as possible and that's why our vision is to go towards both sustainability and
2: also comfort both at the same time exactly what joao what you said is is that's what what i see as a i do live in germany if i look here at the market it's because we don't know the utilities and again we know it's complex we don't know what they're really doing it's a lot of i have a, a broad band of utilities i can choose from so it's at the end it ends up to be about the price right so I cannot the 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 um, the energy itself. I cannot compare it, right? Because I don't know which one is is it is not technically it's not better. But why would I choose utilities A over utilities B? Then it's a price because they don't differentiate. But they don't add most of them, right? So, um, but they, they don't add additional services or value. Why would I choose EnBW over something else? So it's 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 something where utilities are that is slowly stepping up. And I think this is something that needs to happen because otherwise it's only about this rather thin margins that there are already. It's only about switch bonus and the incentives, but there's so much more. I do see that people, especially the elderly, if I look into my own family, they are afraid of switching because they believe if they do so, the next day they might have not energy, so no electricity then anymore because, they they again, they don't understand what is really happening, right? So this is something it works, right? So I better don't touch it. And at the end, there's the other side of the of the, um, the of the of the, the, from the from the from the spectrum. The ones that that do switch regularly to to get this switch bonus here and that that there. And there's something I think a broad mass in between. And I count myself into that. That would I would even spend more if I do get more services. So I started. I have an electric vehicle. And when I was trying to get the, the 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 infrastructure to to charge at home, I did not get help from from any utilities. Now I know I should have more looked into ENBW. Yes, I, I did not do this initially, but um, this is not common knowledge. I would say in Germany, at least from my perspective, and and if you look for help, you are still quite alone. And this is. Where is is a big opportunity because I do see um, because SAP we do a lot of industries and we do see now competitors moving in from other industries, be it big oil and gas or big retail companies. They do see. And they are very strong on the brand. They are very strong in the B2C business. They do offer maybe a combination of other value-added services or whatever they have already. And then they, then it could be a logical uh, extension and, and try to win the market there. So, yeah.
0: Sure. I mean, can, can you share any examples of some of the marketing solutions that, that you're doing in terms of, you know, with, with SAP clients within the sector to, to help acquire customers?
2: Yeah so so I give you a few examples what our customers are doing right and um, and and they there's there's no again because there's no golden rule what what works best but most of them looking into the area to say we want to go beyond commodity and there are different approaches and we we at the beginning and, and Fredic was mentioning that there there's there's one example that I know of that is really looking into the telco model right so they say we don't put the energy contract into the center, we put into the center that customers are maybe interested in to get the newest PlayStation, so a gaming console, or they want to have an e-bike. So an item that is maybe of a higher value that they're interested in, like on the telco, like I want to have the newest iPhone, and then I pay it off, I subsidize it by having a two-year contract and pay it off over time. And this is what I see here, interesting approach to say, okay, I do get the newest PlayStation, then I do a two-year contract. It may be, again, not the cheapest tariff, but I do get this and I can pay it off over time and I can renew it under after one and a half years then to attract customers and making, so the, for example, the electricity contract, making this, an add-on only. So that, that's not the leading dimension. Then we have others that say, for example, in, in Australia or New Zealand, highly competitive markets, where they say, we want to be something like a lifestyle provider. So we do something with gamification. You can connect it with your smartwatch. If you do 10,000 steps a day, you earn some loyalty points. Those loyalty points you can convert into something like for charity or in, into something like bonus points or cash rewards. But it's, it's about creating a relationship with the customer that they think about utilities more, not just when the bill comes and, and trying to build up something that is longer lasting, right? Or I don't know, more frequent. So to build upon that, to build trust, to educate them and offering, offering them or motivate them to, to think and interact with their u- utilities more often.
0: I want to just come back to something, Frederick, you you touched on this in terms of COVID just before. I mean, obviously we're recording this last couple of weeks of of a very, very tough year. Can you describe the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has has had on the industry from what you've seen?
1: It doesn't affect utilities as heavily as others the revenues are more or less the same in most cases i mean if you discount of mega mega factories and stuff like this which are like a highly commoditized but in terms of uh, what people always do wrong in the world basically they seem to just to look better at the end of the quarter end of the year they have to cut costs and then they the most the easiest thing to cut is marketing expenditure. Is the marketing cost, and they cut that. That's what's what, that's what happening. And maybe I'll just pick up that single point to talk to you about that. You know, I understand it. It's, it you're all judged by how, how your performance at the end of the year. But, you know, I'm a branding person. You know, I, I, It's a philosophy of running a company. And I think it's the right one because it turns the highest ROI at the end of the day, although it's harder for, for the utilities to see that. And the big companies of the world, they are above and beyond anything else, good brands. You know, Tesla, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Google, you know, just name them. Some of them are coming to energy. And just, you know, really quickly to pick up what Florian said, some of these are actually coming into this space with the main knowledge, which is knowledge of the customer. Anyway, back, back on track. So they are cutting marketing, tra- marketing costs, which means that there will be a weaker brand coming out of it. So that's, I, I fear a little bit that they will actually, they, they will be, you know, they were, some of them were on a journey of, you know, spending more on the brands and on, investing in the brands and understand, understanding the need to understand the, the customers. But some of that has been kind of, there's a backlash there. But, you know, you know all, all in all, compared to tourism and, you know, a lot of other industries, then this industry is not that much affected.
0: Sure. Joel, jo- how about um, the impact at, at your company?
1: We we have seen, as Friedrich said, like not
3: a big uh, change uh, in terms of the the end results. However, we have seen that for B two C customers there was a small increase. I mean, it is logical because people are working from home. Uh, we also have seen something very interesting, which is a shift of the peak of energy consumption from later hours into the midday, which actually is a very positive use case for someone who already has a solar panel at their homes. And we also have seen a decrease of energy consumption on a B2C section. So a lot of factories were also shut down, which meant that a lot of this energy was already uh, sold in the market in in the beginning. So it had to be resold at a lower price. However, since in our case, we also acquired a a telecom company and we also expanded our business on, on the offshore. We were able to actually have a, a smooth year, all in all. So, in spite of the crisis that was, that was a pandemic, NBW was was able to produce the reach the goals that, that it had uh, set off. One thing that, of course, uh, changed a lot for us was uh, moving towards home office because, I mean, we are critical infrastructure in Germany, so everyone was sent home uh, from March on, uh, which basically meant that uh, all our Interactions with colleagues and uh, also the contact with the customer had uh, to be done digital first, and also uh, implementation of all the hygienic factors to, to make sure that uh, there was not an outspread of the pandemic even further.
0: Florian, has, has has that meant that some of the briefs that you get have been accelerated? Due to COVID in terms of this whole digitization?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so just to, to comment on that, what we see where we were contacted as as SAP is that that the utilities were reaching out. For example, they said, hey, our call center guys, they need to work from home, right? So what can we do that they can still take the calls so that that they that the util- that they are still there for their end customers? We do see an increased need of the whole digitization. So Something on the service side like self-service was always kind of very very high up on the list, but we see that now on self uh, on the on the e-commerce right so to have like self-service selling so that the customers can sign up so that this whole notion of acquiring new customers can can work kind of uh, in an automated way okay. and 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 all of that that was definitely something that that increased um, um a lot so that's absolutely. To, to what Joao was saying, because working from home is is, is challenging for, for 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 all of us. But the lights need to start to stay on, right? And and business has to go. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, just, just just out of interest on this working from home issue, I was just wondering whether or not it, it's meant customers are paying more attention to their energy bills during during the time, because obviously if they're working from home, kids are off school, that they're obviously using more energy and i'm just wondering whether or not they would expect their their employer for example to make some contribution to the bill and or on the flip side if you know if they've been affected in terms of their income too are they are they now looking closer at their bills i mean joel have have you seen any evidence of that or
3: it's interesting so the german government actually decreased the uh, amount of taxes that they are putting on uh, products so basically energy was previous tax on the 19% 19% was decreased to 30% exactly to reduce the impact that it had. As for the loss of jobs, of course, it is a matter of a national crisis, and we try to also be relenting to it. So we had a lot of mechanisms taken in place to make sure that there was still a service provided to these people. But then I have to say that uh, the biggest change actually came from, from the political side. So a lot of uh, political decisions were made early on in Germany to make sure that uh, these people were, were not let alone. I think that, that was a very good move from, from the
0: German uh, policies. Friedrich, what about outside of Germany? Have you, have you, in terms of comparing different regions, have you seen things like delayed payments, for example? What have you seen?
1: Yeah, this is uh, like Zhao said. I mean, governments more or less are helping out, and the utilities there are also helping out. And they, they, I mean, everybody's working together on this. I mean, if we would come join forces like we have done in COVID on global warming, we would kind of maybe we could win that, but that's a slow-moving. Death, but this one is quick. So anyway, I digressed. Maybe, maybe I, I'm just when, when you're talking, guys. I'm just thinking. And if I may, just on something else, uh, pick up something. Both both of you said, like uh, Florian was talking about all the touch points with customers, and you know they provide a technical solutions to t- talk to them on every point. And Zhao, well, actually, both of you were talking about the bills, and you send the bills out, and you only can reach them once a year, so you need more connection points. And I'm talking about marketing and branding. So if I'll take our story, the three, three of us here, then you know, branding is about having a narrative. A good brand has a story. And you know, the oldest form of entertainment is you know the primal man sitting around the fire telling stories about tigers. I don't know. Just telling stories. So that's what brands are. They tell stories. And this is how we we touch people emotionally, and that's that's one half of brands. The other half is the rationality, how we can actually make people's life easier with you know having electricity flowing and all this stuff. so I mean you have to have a holistic picture like a company like Xiao's, they have to understand why who the why of their existence why do they exist because the why of their existence today is not the why of 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So they have to have an understanding of what their story might be, a story that might be interesting to their clients, and then implementing that story on a large scale through the whole system in using top-of-the-line IT systems and just be constantly touching people, touching people, touching people and engaging with people because that's what creates trust at the end. So, I mean, so just because I'm, I'm pulling us here to the branding side of life, because I, I honestly, and you know, I just strongly believe, and I've seen it, that, you know, that philosophy of running a business doesn't still live a good life within the utility space. And I honestly think that, you know, if the utilities don't pick up on it soon enough, their death will be faster than many, you know, have predicted. Everybody's predicting death or everything, you know. But but in this case, we have people knocking on the door, companies knocking on the door, and their main weapon is a good story, and an understanding of the client. So I think that's what the utilities must pick up on, and still have, at the same time focusing heavily on the best IT solutions.
0: I mean that that kind of leads nicely onto my final question to to wrap things up really, because what I was keen to do is just. Look at what you guys think the key trends to look for. What you're forecasting over, over the next few years, um, Joël. Let's let's come to you first on this.
3: The point that uh, Freddie gave just now it, it's perfect. I mean, we are also trying to move two things. So one is to make the customer a little bit more energy conscious. Also to be putting an uh, active role of, on the energy transaction. So we do that by providing a new customer for ENBW. Is going to be provided only with renewable energy. And we also acquired Senec which is the second largest battery supplier. And so we are produce, giving also the possibility for consumers to become prosumers, to produce their own energy, to fulfill their own needs. And I think going to the future, one thing that's also going to be very important to do is actually build this uh, digital layer, which is going to basically manage all these new renewable energies that are going to be in place, because, I mean, the system is going to get more complex uh, as it is right now. I think the technology development that we are using now is going to help us to do this smooth transaction and to help us to achieve this uh,
1: goal of uh, becoming completely uh, carbon neutral.
0: Great. Frederick, back to you on this.
1: I don't think there are any small trends in the coming very few years that I can speak of that I haven't touched upon yet. But I think, you know, a mega trend that we all know about is of course this, you know, becoming green and and we have, you know, I've from from my PhD and on my work in utilities I've designed a, a scale it's called EPI Energy Branding Benchmarking Index, and it helps companies to understand how strong they are from a position perspective. Which is, which is the essence of a strong, of a good brand. And only this year we added the sustainability aspect as a special dimension, because there are four main dimensions. Until now, it just didn't really matter in positioning because it had such, such a low commercial impact. But it only has about. It it predicts about 10% of you know purchases, you know, so 90% are nothing here about it. So but that's moving, that's moving quite fast. And if your utility that you're gonna go and become become green when the market becomes green, that's wrong. Because that's like saying, okay, I'm just gonna buy stocks when they're at the highest price and sell when I've got to sell when at the highest and buy when at the lowest, you cannot predict those points. The trend is like this. And you have to go in really fast as that utility. It's not a choice of being, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to market myself as a green utility. You just have to be it. It's a point of parity. You must be it. Then you do something else to be different. Like what, what, what Florian was mentioning, you walk 10,000 steps and you get a reward. And Oceana actually has a fantastic cases of good energy brands. So those who are listening, they should look into you know, how people in New Zealand are doing things. Best cases of energy brands, basically. So anyway, so that's my my point. I would say you have to move towards that green side of life without being, telling everybody you're green. Just be green.
0: Sure. Well, before I come to uh, Florian, where, if listeners want to find more information about that Energy Branding Benchmarking Index, where, where do they go for that?
1: They go onto our website. This is at Energy Branding Benchmarking
2: Index on the Larson website.
0: Fantastic. Florian, final word with yourself on this.
2: Yeah, so so just a second what Joao and, and Fredrik said, I I believe, and and just to, to kind of to paint a picture, I think what the future trend is and what utilities need to uh, need to evolve into is something similar that um, that that the iPhone did to the market because it's it's to take complexity, have comp- complex things, but simplify it for the customer put it with a nice brand. So, again, uh, what Apple was doing there, it it, it revolutionized the, the market, right? So, it was easy. Back in the days, I had my Nokia phone. I had to install all the apps quite quite cumbersome. Now, I had an iPhone. I had the, the App Store and all of that. And it was easy to use. Um, it was intuitive and all of that. So, in the utilities, I think turnkey solutions are needed for, for things to come. I do fully appreciate and understand that that things around electric vehicles, solar panels are quite difficult. And again, from engineering point of view, we have this, but it it we don't need to expose it all to the customers. and And utilities need to be there for for uh, let's say energy everything that's energy related. They need to help me around my home. They need to help me around uh, electric vehicles, uh, all of that stuff to become to live greener, to more sustainable. To help me, what can I do to to um, live a more sustainable life. And this is what I believe that that utilities can and need to step up as as the the big trend uh, moving forward.
0: Good stuff. That actually wraps up this discussion and this latest episode in partnership with SAP. So thanks once again to all my guests for joining me online, Zhao Fronseca, Dr. Frederick Larson and Florian Frumberg. Just a couple of links for extra information. So Frederick's Energy Branding Benchmarking Index that you just mentioned, um, you can find that at EBBI. If you want to find out more information about the work SAP are doing in the utilities sector, uh, please visit sap.com, click on the industries tab in the nav bar and there will be an option for utilities and that's stacked full of reports further information and videos for you in the meantime we hope you've got a lot out of this episode we'd love to hear your comments you may have on the future of e-commerce and communications within the utilities sector um You can do that by contributing to the discussion either on our Facebook page, Twitter feed or LinkedIn and Instagram pages. They are all linked from the top of the website at csuitepodcast.com where you'll also find all our previous shows and supporting show notes plus links to where you can subscribe for automatic downloads for each episode. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please do give us a positive rating and review. Uh, Finally, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can do that via the contact form on the website as well or you can connect with me on Twitter using at Ross Goldsmith or you can find me on LinkedIn. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye. Hey.